0: Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Hello. Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. We got some baseball to talk about. We had a nice, not nice series in Tampa Yankees dropped three out of four, dropped five out of the last seven. Not good news, but we have some good news. We got some silver linings. Stick around. It's not too sad. It's, it's, there's a lot of happy things, but stick around. 161. Alright, Jake.
1: How you doing? Doing good, doing good. How about how, you? How was, how your, was day? your day?
0: How was your day? We'll start with you. Uh, you know, my day was pretty good. Wanna hear about Did my day? Special. I would love to. Some asshole, dumb asshole too, dumb, so dumb, tried to break into my apartment today while oh, I'm man. here in broad daylight. Broad daylight. <laughs> I, I, for those who don't know, I live in New York City. I'm not gonna tell you where because of obvious reasons clearly People are trying to break into my apartment. I don't need more. But I'm here. I'm studying like a good boy. And I hear a banging at the door. And it's just like the sound of like, because I have a bolt lock, a handle lock, and a chain lock. And it's the sound of the door opening to the point where it can't open anymore, like swinging open hard. To, to The chain lock won't let it open anymore. So it's that sound, if you can imagine. I can't play it for you because I, I don't know what to Google search for that. But either way. <laughs> I go over there, and I, I walk over, and what made me notice it was my cat. My cat just, like, perked up and, like, saw something. And my roommate, Damon, who's also on the show, obviously, you guys know Damon, didn't even need to say my roommate. He's away <laughs> on vacation, thus not being on the podcast right now. So I was like, who, who could possibly be at the door? And I go up to the door, and it's this guy. And since the, the chain lock was on, the door was, like, a jar, like, a little bit. There was, like, a little slit that I could see him. And I walk over there. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And he just like shit, and he ran away. So that's that started my day off hot. It was around one o'clock, broad daylight, broad daylight. Didn't care. Well, see, I have I have multiple issues with this. One, it's just kind of funny because what are you doing? Like, you, you, this is like something that goes <laughs> that goes on like World's Dumbest. You see that show?
1: Yeah, the world, the
0: dumbest criminals. I can't believe I got caught. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Th- that bullshit. Like, it, this belongs on there because what you're doing it in broad daylight. So even if it goes flawless. I, according to plan, I don't, I can't imagine there was a plan, but let's say it goes according to his plan. Completely perfect. What are you doing? Like, where are you? I don't have many things you can take. I got a, a laptop, which if I was gone, I would probably take with me. So that's not going to be here. TV, which is hard enough to get off the wall. So good luck with that guy. Uh, I have a Peloton, which just came in. If he can take that down the stairs, and he'd be doing me a favor because if I don't know that, good for you if you can move that thing. I just don't have much. I don't. I don't see the risk reward factor for this guy is just next to nothing. On top of that, you're in broad daylight. That strategy may work out for you. A year ago, when people didn't work from home, because it's a Monday at one o'clock, everybody is working from home right now. So you're not gonna ever find an empty house. So what's the plan here? Like, he, he seemed shocked that he saw a person. He said, shit, and ran away. I was like, what? What do you? He, I don't know.
1: He definitely didn't plan it out. I don't know. Maybe. He How's was that for hurt? an alarm clock?
0: That <laughs> no, was 1 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you got the podcast. Yeah, that was just a wild, wild day. Wild day for Luke. Now I'm getting a ring. The, you know the doorbell that has a camera? With the, with the camera. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to happen. That's how my day started. Just dumb. You yeah, get it's alerted guy, when he breaks them. Yeah, guy's stupid. My mom, my mom was like, "Yo, you should get the ring." I always made fun of her for it, but now she's like, "You should get the ring," and she's like, "You can scream at the robbers when they're there, like, get away from my house." I doubt that's really gonna get yeah, them to would go. That work? I don't know. I would if I was using the ring because you get the notification when someone's at your door, and it's someone I don't know. i would be like, "The police are on their way already." Good luck. You got you got two minutes. <laughs> run I mean, them see
1: if they run. It would probably just work anyway because then they're you know they're on camera
0: they're caught yeah anyway that's my life that's a little right. little update a little day. sprinkle of luke for you guys to start your day so i mean that's honestly the most exciting part about this podcast probably i mean the yankees stink so that was that was entertaining i, I hope to you guys not but so the yankees they lose five out of the last seven three out of four to tampa and we just can't ever get it done in the drop and it doesn't help that it's a 60 game season and you know, what, where's your panic meter at, Jake? Uh, after these last four games,
1: I am... Sounds crazy. Less panicked than before. Want to ask why?
0: How, why, <laughs> why I, I'm there with you. I'm not panicked, but how are you less panicked than before?
1: I am less panicked because, I, as much as we didn't really show it, I always have faith in our offense, which is fine. Pitching up until this series we were thinking Garrett Cole is the only starting pitcher we have, but even though we lost the games, but Tanaka looked great. Paxton looked great. Those are, those are two more guys. They had to get it going and I hope they can keep it going, but I'm not nervous.
0: Yeah, no, there, there are definitely some good silver silver linings here. So why don't we, before we get into the individual conversations, why don't we sort of like break down these games? So, Game one, for those who remember, it was one nothing. Game stunk, um, kind of a snoozer the whole way through. If you like pitching battles, it was kind of there for you. Garrett Cole pitches that game, right? I'm, I'm uh, getting my yeah. wires crossed here. Did he pitch that game?
1: No, no. We we won the game. Cole pitched. Yeah, he, he, he just didn't get the W. But one Can nothing. Not pitch this game. One nothing
0: there. I think the main storyline there is the the Gary pass ball pretty much loses the game. Uh, we will get into Gary. In more detail later, Gary goes 0-2 again that game. DJ gets a hit, of course. Judge had a little rough game that game, but 1-0. Not the way you want to start off a series against a team that you're supposed to be in a tight race with, but the silver lining in that game, Tanaka pitched an absolute gem, and that's more, I think, what the storyline is with this game. It's that Tanaka twirled it for five innings, he gave up no runs, one hit, five strikeouts. He had it all, no walks, nothing. He had everything, everything working, and the Yanks don't come out for the win for him. And this is one of the rare times that the Yankees get blanked, which really shocked me. And I mean, especially just with how hot some of the most of the bats were, it seemed that the hot bats, obviously, there's the DJ Judge and Stanton, they were all hot, and then. The rest of the team kind of wasn't, which is my concern on a couple of podcasts before. I can't speak today. Um, It's just that was my worry that what happens when those guys kind of taper off, then what what happens? And I think this is what happens. Zero goes up, which most of the time in baseball, people get hot and then they get cold. But other people get hot to take kind of pass the torch. But that didn't happen, so. Tanaka pitch is fantastic, and that's fan- that's awesome news because right now everybody, but before this game, everybody not named Garrett Cole was terrible. So, yeah,
1: we really needed that. He, uh, I, you said everything. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> next game after that, uh, Yankees just outright win this game eight four. What do you What are your thoughts on this game?
1: That was the Garrett Cole game.
0: That was uh, the Garrett Cole game. So Garrett Cole again you don't really we don't really see his ace stuff he went over a hundred pitches boone left him in again uh he gives up what was it at the end three
1: runs, but it was all that inning he, he i thought he that was the best he looked so far
0: ten strikeouts one home run four point two innings six hits three runs uh three earned one walk
1: i I definitely think that was the best he's looked so far. I, I think he's the think he's finding a groove. I don't know I don't really know what happened that last inning. He threw a couple balls and then left one right over the plate. Uh definitely not worried about Cole, but
0: I no, thought he looked good. No, absolutely great. not worried and about I, Cole. It's just I think I, his pitch count
1: was only so high because he he had 10 Ks through 4 innings.
0: Yeah, so he was just striking everybody out and doing it all himself. And then Chad Green gives up a run. Uh first run he's ever given up. Given up. Not worried about him. Ottavino clean inning uh yeah Yankees lose win that game I'm just so used to saying they lose because they've shit. lost five out of last seven <laughs> next game Yankees lose again and then they lose one after that you know I mean I hate losing to the Rays but I hate especially losing to them when Blake Snell called us out right before it and then he, he didn't back it up he pitched like three yeah. innings but he didn't give up a hit in those three innings it was three innings though who cares it wasn't him but I hate that they not smoked us, but they they backed it up.
1: Yeah, I can't believe we didn't at least split that series. That yeah. second game of the doubleheader was
0: ugly. We didn't need. I tweeted out must win question mark because it kind of felt like it, you know, because we've been sliding for so long. Obviously, it's not a must win by yeah. any means. It was more of a must win series for the Rays, who had been horrible already, and they're still seven and eight. They're still below five hundred. Following this series, I don't know what they're doing right now while we're recording, but they needed that more than we did, and it showed. It, they played like they really needed it, and we played like we were already cruising the playoffs, which, Jake, are we making the playoffs? What kind of question is that? We're the Yankees. And it, it, like, <laughs> I, I would be more worried had this series been under the old playoff format. Under the old playoff format where one team wins a yeah. division, there's a wild card, and there are things to play for. Like, you want to not make the wild card. Under the new playoff format, the top two teams make it. There are still two wild cards. And when you make the wild card, it's not a one-game wild card, isn't it? It's still the seeding, and everybody has a three-game set. Yep. So three game what, what, is the, what is the problem? If anything, all- if you can win games and just piece together wins, I'm not saying Yankees just punt away and make sure they just at least make the playoffs and get healthy. Which wouldn't be a horrible idea, but I mean, we're gonna make the playoffs no matter what, and there's no upside to. There's no upside. There's no upside to being a one seed. You get a you get a home series, great. With there no are no fans. fans. Like, what is the, we've been saying that, but like everybody's acting like the sky's falling, <laughs> and I'm sorry, Chicken Little, it ain't falling. Like we lost. <laughs> it was a week of games, which I get. It's a 60 game season, but it's a, it's a week of games. I mean, a lot of Yankee fans are like this, though. They're, they're as high as ever when we're eight and one, and then we go on a five and two, a two and five streak, and then the sky's falling. You just can't have both. This is literally baseball. If you were to take last week and this week, and you told me that the Yankees would go on an eight and one streak, it would be like, yeah, probably. And then if you told them me that they would then go on a two and five streak, I'd be like, yeah, well, that's baseball, Susan. Like that's how it works. Like that's the, that's the sport you signed up. To. To watch and if you don't know that by now and you're freaking out what are you doing why what don't you understand yet do i have to like? if you're listening now and you didn't realize that and you're freaking out here's me telling you that this has happened before if you haven't seen it we just haven't had baseball in eight months up until now so maybe you just forgot but this is literally how baseball works and honestly i forgot a little bit because i was freaking out a bit (laughs) but then i realized wait this is baseball this is how it works
1: yeah, we're 16 games in. I, again, it's only 60 games, but still, there's a lot of season
0: left. A whole lot of season left. And like you said, there are like the, the positives outweigh the negatives. Like, yeah, we dropped a few games. Whatever. We're still 10 and 5. Like, 10 and 5, six. right? 10 and six. 6. We're still 10 and 6. We're still the only team, if I'm not mistaken, in the American League East above 500.
1: Or the, uh, the Orioles and Rays are both
0: at 500. Okay. Like two games off. So, yes, we're the only team above 500. And that's after a two and five start. So, you got to believe if we get hot after this, the off day couldn't have come at a better time. Get an off Great. day. We're going against a tough Braves team. But then we get the Red Sox for another four, I think it is. And we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Pump the brakes. So, my panic meter, what are we going to put it at a 10? Panic meter at 10? No, what is it out of 10? Oh, oh, oh. Or uh, no, we, we, we didn't do it on a number scale. We did it on a, nobody, uh, nobody panic, like just green, yellow, red, whatever. And then like all the way to the right is everybody panic. I'm at nobody panic and nobody should ever panic. Even if this continues for like two more weeks, if, as long as we're in the playoff picture, which is yeah, very, very, very easy to do. I mean, the Astros, who are like the worst team, they're like six and nine, I think it is, or five and nine.
1: Terrible, six and
0: nine. They're just outside the playoff picture, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. More than half the teams make the playoffs, and there's no benefit for being a higher seed. So, if anything, we've had these conversations last season about like, do we play for the number one seed? Do we go for like, we go all out for this next two weeks? If we're in, like, you know what I mean? Remember, when we were going yeah. a race yeah. for the number one overall seed against the Astros? Like, do we go all out? Or do we rest up and get healthy because we weren't fully healthy at that time? And I was more on the team of, at that time, I was even a little bit considering the let's rest up, get healthy thing because is it worth it? Can we actually do it because they were a little bit ahead of us at the time? Now, it is completely worth it. Not saying shut it down, not saying anything, but like just take me to the playoffs. Get me to the playoffs with a fully healthy team. What I'm looking at in these games isn't—it's it, less of the wins and losses. It's more of what's our starting rotation look like in a, a playoff series in a three-game set. What's our lineup Shoot. look like? Who—who's going to crack that lineup? Who's going to be toeing the rubber in Game Two, Game Three? We obviously know Game Col- Game One is Cole, but who's going to be doing that? Who's going to be locking down the back end of the bullpen? Who, like who's going—all these things that are quickly approaching obviously it's a 60 game season and we only got a a quarter of the way there already these are the things we have to worry about less about the oh my god this team sucks this like relax pump the brakes we're fine
1: couldn't agree more
0: so that was me talking everybody off the ledge but (laughs) with that being said if you could leave us a review on iTunes we'd greatly appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, we did get some good reviews on iTunes and we want to remind you guys like I should have at the beginning of the show, but I'm not good at promoting our own podcast. Uh, We got some great reviews and if you do leave a review, uh, you have a chance to win a free t-shirt every week. Um, We recently got a review from Mark Saratella. Thank you, Mark. The Italian Stallion. Thank you, the Italian Stallion. Fungaloo. Church, nine nineteen, and Nutmegger Jones. Thank you guys. One of these times, these people are gonna give me like a, a name that I'm gonna read out loud, and it's gonna be like something that like to sa- make me say something stupid. I thought I thought you were close with Nutmegger. I thought I was too. But thank you guys for their views make sure to leave us a review on iTunes and you will possibly get a free t-shirt. We had a lot of free t-shirts. We had a lot of cool t-shirts, not free sh- t- We got free t-shirts too. But we got Tailor Made fan club <laughs> t-shirts that are coming out. Stay tuned for that. Anyway, that's enough of the promotion for me. Stop begging, Luke. Gary Sanchez sucks. What do you think about I, Gary Sanchez, Jake?
1: There's literally no other way to put it. He looks horrible. Um, struck out at least 2 times with the bases loaded last series. Pass balls don't even get me started. I we lost we debatably lost that what was it game one? I don't know. Whichever one, Vino came in, walked two guys in a row, Gary let up a pass ball, and then they scored on a sack fly and we lost one nothing. It was game one.
0: So why don't we get into awards before we get to before I rip Gary apart too much? Because he's getting one of my awards. Sounds great. So So while we're on the topic, why don't we give away the Kevin Malone Award. For those who don't know, the Kevin Malone Award is... I mean, I'll just play the clip. This explains it. No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. So without further ado, Gary Sanchez is my Kevin Kevin Malone of the week. He has no arms, no legs, and he doesn't do anything. I really was one of the ones that have been supporting Gary like through and through because of those hot streaks that it goes on. We haven't seen a hot streak in quite some time. I don't know what to say because we, again, we don't have like a better option. Higashioka has been on the team for 13 years and he clearly hasn't, move the needle with the Yankees much like he's a formidable backup I guess I never want to see him in a starting lineup even how, even if Gary's playing as worst which he is he right is. now we don't have a better option but at what point see there's a different there's a different question that I'm gonna ask I've been asking the question and trying to tell people to relax about the Gary situation. Because I've been saying we don't have another option. But I'm close to the to the point of saying, like, let's find another option. Like, we don't have another option internally right now. But he is bothering me so much to the point where I'm... And I'm usually very lenient with everybody. I give them time. Like, just relax. Like, we've seen good stuff out of Gary. And I feel like, to me, Gary is a player that... To the eye, he's one of those guys who I feel like he he performs well even when he's not. You know, like with the stretches he goes on, I'm less critical of him because I remember he, the big moments that he hits a home run or the bombs he hits or something like that. That is more forgiving. I'm more forgiving because of that. You know what I mean? Whereas somebody like yeah. Void, who has better numbers than Gary by far, and he seems to be consistently playing well I'm harder on because of whatever reason you know he's a player that I give a little more of a pass and I'm taking that pass away like he is good. he has hurt me for the last time (laughs) and honestly I'll play another we're very big fans of the office if you haven't realized but this is very applicable to Gary right now he almost this is a second award too for him you know what they say
1: fool me once
0: Strike one, but fool me twice. Strike three. I'm I'm all set on letting the Gary train just come to a halt. Uh, what do you think about Gary? Because I am really pissed off about with him right I now. I mean,
1: going to that fool me once thing, fool me twice, strike three. We gave him at least a hundred thousand chances.
0: All of them. All of them.
1: We haven't seen like Gary Gary in years, and but like,
0: what is Gary Gary? You know what I mean?
1: He's uh, Gary he Gary like 25
0: home runs in 20, like games. 16, 2017 Gary. We're never seeing that again. I yeah. said that last episode. That's okay, never, so- gonna, and, and you know what? We're never going to see that again, but like, no one's ever going to do that again. He took the league by storm, oh, yeah. and we since then, I think that's why I'm giving him more of a pass. Since then, I've always been like but he has that in the tank. He can do that again. You know what I mean? Like, and then he goes on these yeah. streaks, and you're like, oh, see? He's doing it again. But he does it for a week, and then he just strikes out every time, and he, like, every, you can't squeeze anything. It's just you always had that in the back of your mind because he, it was so crazy. It would be like if Judge, who took the league by storm in his rookie year, had 52 home runs, and then just played like Gary. You'd be way more lenient to Judge because yeah. he did that. when that, that His first impression was fantastic.
1: So I got two things. One thing is the dude can hit, but he's like a like a batting cage type hitter. Like you put him in a cage, he looks like Babe Ruth. And he took the league by storm because he could hit. And then guys started to figure out how to pitch to him, and he just hasn't been able to hit since. That's the one thing. The second thing is... As sick of him as I am, recently his at bats have been looking slightly better. Yeah, slightly. But he's he's taking more pitches. He's swinging at better pitches. There's hope, but he's got to do it soon. Otherwise, I'm done.
0: See, that's what I'm saying. Like we don't have another option, but the trade deadline is the end of the month. Maybe we take a peek at that. I don't know who would be available. I'm just spitting in the wind here. I don't have a plan. I didn't take a look at who might be available. And you know what? There's probably going to be Slim Pickens who's available because usually the teams that are sellers are the ones that are not in the playoff race. And you know what? Season just started, so everybody's in the playoff race. So, (laughs) I mean, nobody's, like, in dead last yet. Even look at the fucking Marlins. They're in first, and the Orioles are in second. Like, the teams that would be sellers aren't really going to be sellers and maybe they are. And I don't know. I feel like if there ever was a time to not sell for teams that are rebuilding, it's right now. Like your fan base would be like, okay, we got this 60 game season. Let's if we're gonna if we're close, like why don't we try and win? Like why don't we get the playoff money? Like the the teams get a fuckload more money when they get, make the playoffs. So that could help them like all the teams that are poverty teams like that helps them a lot so if you're within spitting distance you're gonna try (laughs) to do the damn thing and those are the teams right now that would be selling but i mean i feel like there's not gonna be as many sellers what do you you think there's gonna be more sellers or less sellers because of this season probably less
1: and it's a shorter season like less sample size you know
0: yeah and and like you get Way less out of the player, out of the rental. If if it we're a rental for a year, like let's say yeah. the, the Mookie thing, or good example, Stroman just opted out, so the Mets traded for nothing. Basically, they got so little of Stroman, and then what do you have to show for it? Nothing. If we were to, were to do that, you get it for this season, which some people count, some people won't. So, like, is it even worth it to to get it to try and win this season? You know, there's a lot I of mean, what I ifs that. Yeah. Don't, I don't know bode well for finding this. a replacement for Gary this year. I'm saying next year. I, I I was so on the Gary train, but here's what I'll do. I'm just gonna say I'm not off it yet, but I I'm sure as fuck looking at other people's. It's like it's like that meme where it's like uh, the guy and the girl next next to each other, and he just like he's got the head tilt, and he's like he's got like the MLB here, and then it's like the the KBO over there, and it's like ESPN. <laughs> But it's just like I'm so looking at everybody else. Every other team we play from here on out, I'm going to just keep an eye on their catcher. Be like, hey, how do you like it there? How do you like Arizona? Or just like New York? Why don't you just change dugouts? I don't know. That's where I'm at with Gary. He, he's, I'm just so tired of him. And if you look back to his stats, we say like vintage Gary or like he's back. Okay. Right. So, I mean, look at his statistics. Since 2016, yes, he hit 20 home runs in like 20 days. Great. That was fantastic. That was awesome. Felt great. He batted 299. The next year, made the All Star team, Silver Slugger, MVP, came in 22nd. He was rookie of the year's first year, uh, rookie of the year, second place his first year as well. Uh, he obviously didn't play enough games. He only played 53 games, but. Season two, he goes out and plays 122 games, which is the most he's played since. 122, which we play 162 in every season, but this season. 122 is pretty good for a catcher catcher and for the Yankees, so I'll give him a pass for there. But that season he has a great year. Bats 278. Love to see that. 33 home runs, 90 RBIs. 2018, 89 games. That's 186 below the Mendoza. 18 home runs. So he's pretty much home runner bust. That's it. That's that's his game, and that seems like it's his game, and a lot of the Yankees right now seems like it's their game. And a lot of people are worried in the DMs and for the questions and everything like that about like how how do you feel about the home runner die mentality the Yankees have? And we'll get into that later. But that's he's the figurehead for that. Then you go to 2019, last year, who he did start the All Star game, but even then, like he he batted 232 and he had 34 home runs. He pretty much started the All Star game because there aren't any good catchers. Like that's another reason why this Gary situation has been so fucked up is because there's never really any good, other good options, and when there are, they're not leaving. Teams don't want to get rid of that player, and Gary does rank high in. A lot of categories offensively, and that's just because catchers as a whole are a horrible position offensively, and they don't do anything but catch. But that's the one Which, thing that Gary doesn't do. He doesn't <laughs> catch. You. So what do you do with a catcher that doesn't catch? You find another fucking position for him. That's what. Where do you put him? At where? Do you, where can you hide fielding? Oh, first base. What do you have to do there? Catch. What? Like, what do we do with Gary? <laughs> we have to DH him. What do we do? What do we have for the DH? We have plenty of people that are DH onlys. Now what? We just throw Gary there? No. We can't do that. We have Stanton if he ever plays again. We have Clint who doesn't have a position. We have Miggy who doesn't have a position. We have so many players. Ford who can't find time at first base. You've, him and Voight are just going to platoon. The other one's going to play DH. We have so many DHs. We can't do that with Gary. But we can't have him catch either. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's the thing, though the the other the other catchers in the league that aren't putting up those offensive numbers, at least they can catch. catch.
0: Yeah, if you can uh, look at like I mean, bad example because he's doing very well this season. Christian Vasquez usually just a defensive catcher, and he just gets it done at the plate. He's like a Romine sort of guy who yeah. I really miss right now. I miss Romine more than anything because at least when we had Romine, we could take time and just be like, "Yo, listen." give Gary a break for a couple of games and he can get it done. And he would he hit a home run. He'd come clutch. He has more walk-offs than I remember. He just always came up big and you never really felt that, like that drop off when Gary came out, you know, Romine could just keep the train moving, you know, he's he's nothing crazy. And I'm not saying Romine is a, a top 10 catcher by any stretch of the imagination, but having him there to keep kind of Gary in check was very helpful because Higgy ain't that. And now he's hurt too. So like now, Eric Kratz is he the, the guy? Like no, we always have to. We're kind of handcuffed to Gary at this point.
1: Yeah, it's it's just a tough position to swap out, and he's he's a couple pass balls away from for me if I were Aaron Boone from benching him. But,
0: but like for who? That's a thing. That's the Eric worst Kratz. part about this. Eric Kratz is he gonna get a start? Who is he even a catcher? Does he is he good at catching? He, I know he's a catcher. Might be worse, I, yeah, but you know, I like I. That's the whole dilemma here.
1: But like, it's at the point where we're losing games because Gary's behind the plate.
0: We are. We're physically losing. Like you can see it. It's not even like, oh, he did that in the first, and that led to a loss. Like he did it in the ninth. Pass ball, Zach Britton sinker. Game over. Like pretty, like that's that's how it's been going with Gary. And I'm not. Oh, that's
1: gonna, the one you were thinking of. There, there were two this weekend. Yeah, then.
0: I'm not. I'm not going to blame Gary as much for that one. But you know what? Here's the thing. Somebody asked Boone. I think it was Meredith or something at, after the game ended. Someone asked Boone, "What do you what do you make of that pass ball and Gary expecting like him to be like, oh Gary just got to figure it out, whatever?" Boone got he got a little ticked off. He said, "I mean, you know, sinker in the dirt." That happens to everybody. It's just Gary, so, you know, it's overblown. Which, agreed, but for him to say that in the same sentence and say, it's just Gary, so it gets overblown, for you to get a stigma of, it's just Gary, that's not a good thing. That's not good at all. That means you're notoriously missing everything. You're a catcher. You catch. He does not do that. He doesn't do anything. He just looks like he sits behind the plate, and he just sits like a fat slob, and he, he did that whole thing where he was just like on a knee and that makes him less mobile. He can't get after anything. He can't get in front of anything. If it hits the dirt and goes somewhere else, which I hate to say it, happens with pitchers. like that, That's a thing. You have to be able to block that. That's an entire attribute that people scout for catchers you got to be able to do that with people that throw in the dirt. It happens. You have pitchers like Ottavino who is as wild as ever, but you got to know that, and you got to be able to move. You can't be having a knee in the dirt when you're trying to block an Ottavino slider or a Britton sinker in the dirt when you know Britton is a sinker baller. Like If yeah. Britton is going to be a sinker baller and he's going to be pitching in the ninth inning, when, especially when Chapman's gone, don't catch Gary because if, he can't, if you are throwing a sinker baller who's going to throw a ball that sinks... We'll go in the dirt all the time. Don't put Gary behind there if he's not going to catch it.
1: See, and then here's my question about what Boone's doing. Like, you know, in ninth inning, we're up a run or two. He takes out all our offensive guys and puts in defensive guys. Why
0: don't we do that with him?
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: It just doesn't make sense to me. Jake, we should manage. And then we should write a book like Michael Scott called Somehow I Manage. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. And that's a good point. Yeah. Like we bring in the defensive replacement, we bring in Wade, and we take out Void. I don't see Void doing that. Why is Void the glaring issue that we need to take yeah. out there? Why is that? Yeah, exactly. Why is that the
1: issue? Well, it's just basically because DJ, you put DJ over and then throw Tyler Wade at second. It helps, which is what I'm saying.
0: Like it helps. We should do Barry. it. We should do it in the most important. Spot, especially when our current closer is a guy who throws them in the dirt for his job. He's a, he's a, he's a dirt ball pitcher. <laughs> he throws them in the <laughs> dirt. That's what he does. And Gary can't do it. And you know what made it even worse is when you see in the Philly series a guy like JT Realmuto and everything he does for oh. the team and how beautiful he is. Just like, he's, oh, he's just amazing at everything. He's fast. He can hit for average. He hits a home run in that series. He is dancing behind the dish. He is just prancing around. Like he doesn't do that bullshit where he has a knee like pretty much cemented into the dirt. He is, before the pitch, he's moving. He's like hopping around. He's, like, he, he's reacting is what he's doing. He's reacting to where the ball is. He's not guessing. Gary's like a hitter up there. He's guessing. You see it when he's hitting. He clearly is guessing wrong. He's batting fucking 100, 103. Sorry, Gary.
1: He brought that up.
0: Oh, yeah, real, real good. He was in, like, .9 before, right? .09. Was like, yeah, I think he got down .7. But, like, you see other catchers, and he's just, like, you always want what you can't have. But, like, why can't we have it? Why can't we? I feel like we haven't had a good catcher since Jorge Posada. <laughs> like, I miss Jorge. I miss Romine. I miss anybody that isn't named Gary Sanchez. And I've been such a big supporter of Gary, and this is a long time coming and I don't want to be just the guy who just shits on Gary all the time because he does have those people who are just like the anti Gary team. But I got I to side with them on this one. Like Gary has just hit my last nerve. It's just ridiculous. It's just, I have no faith. The Rella test that I keep talking about of somebody at the plate, just a confidence test. I have no confidence with him up there. And he doesn't either. Like he's so in his own head, he's yeah. not going to do anything if he gets up to the dish. And honestly, like I said before, I'm just preparing for the playoffs. He's never been a playoff hitter either. Do you want to hear his playoff stats ever since he came uh,
1: up? I don't. I don't think I want to hear him.
0: But in but. one series, in the wild card, he batted 500 Great, you went one for two, or two for four, or something. You had one good game, but in the real series, in the 2017 ALDS against Cleveland, he batted 174, 192 in the ALCS against Houston. He went zero in the wild card against Oakland, one game, whatever. Then in the ALDS against Boston, he had 200. He had two home runs, or one home run. No, two home runs. I was there for both of them. I was at that game, and those are the things that he has. He bats 200, but he had two home runs because he's home run or die. That's all he does. He's literally a batting cage pitcher, like you said. He's going to hit home run or he's not, and he's going to look horrible doing the not part. And then in the ALDS against Minnesota, 125 in the ALC as against Houston, 130. He is a lifetime in seven series over the course of three years, a 176 hitter in the playoffs. He has six home runs, which I will give him that, but that's just the player he is. He always is just going to hit home run or do nothing. And the he, it's just ridiculous to me. And everybody's like, I wouldn't say everybody's giving him the benefit of the doubt because everybody was shitting on him. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I was giving Gary a lot of credit for things he wasn't doing, and that's just because he was hitting the home run ball, and it's sexy. That's it. Yeah, Bartolo Colon hits home runs. Should he catch, too? He'd probably (laughs) do better than Gary. Couldn't do worse. I don't know, man. I'm just so lost when it comes to Gary right now. But you know what? That's not my decision to make. He's going to be out catching for the Yankees for the foreseeable future until... A random catcher just comes out of nowhere who's amazing. Maybe Jason Dominguez could catch. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I don't know. But moving on, since we're doing awards, let's do, let's do a happy award. Who are you giving the belt away to? Uh, this one's going to have to I be a I want people group to be belt. afraid of how much oh, they sorry. love me.
1: Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, it's going to have to be a group belt. Again, it's a Paxton and Tanaka. A group um, belt. Group belt. They got to share it. Um, I mean, Paxton looked great, especially compared to his last starts. He was throwing slightly harder, which is a little bit of a positive. I mean, how many Ks did he have? 11? Yeah. Uh, he looked great up until that last inning, and we need starting pitching more than ever. And then Tanaka did the same thing. He was striking guys out, hitting spots. His, the, his breaking balls looked great. Uh yeah, we they,
0: were, they, were, they were They were that was the best part. It had life. Like that was what the thing with Paxton too. And you can't give away a group one because I have to, I what am I going to do? I had right, Tanaka bro. and Paxton, so you take Tanaka, I take Paxton. Okay. <laughs> cool. So all right. So <laughs> yeah. with, but with both of them, like they had life on their fastballs. They Paxton who honestly he didn't have the 95, 96, 97, 98 stuff yet. But it was up, it, he hit 94, and you know what? Yeah,
1: that was that's high, what you want to see.
0: Coming off of surgery, like just getting more reps, and he barely had any spring training reps. So, just giving him more reps. We see Cole is playing well, but he's not. Doesn't he? Certainly doesn't have his A stuff. So why do we expect Paxton to have his A stuff? And I was I one of the ones shitting on Paxton, and I, I'm I'm going to retract my shit. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> I'm going to be backing up Paxton here. Although he gave up the two back-to-back home runs. And I I think that's more on Boone. I don't think that's on Paxton. I think he was he clearly I mean it is on Paxton. Just cause you don't get pulled doesn't mean you give up back-to-back home runs. Like you don't just <laughs> you don't just do it at a boycott like, hey, you should have pulled me. So here, here's a yeah. fastball down the dick. Which he's been doing recently, just fastballs down the dick. But today for the entire game, he just looked like he had life on his fastballs. He goes six and a third, I think it was, with however many Ks he had. He, 11 he, Ks. 11 Ks. Crazy. He was dealing. That was a masterful start until the end. That's why in the postgame recap, I was like, Paxton was good until he wasn't because that's that's just how it was. He was good. Like I, I like what I saw, and still, three runs is not that much because you look at a guy like Cole – who gives up three runs and we just give him the pass. We're like, all right, it's fine. He blew up at the end. Similar starts, if you think about it. Cole was dealing. Paxton was dealing. They were both dealing early. And they were in a little bit too long, and then they blew up. And it's a young season. People aren't ready yet to be throwing 100-plus pitches in a game. So you can't really fault the pitcher as much. And those are two situations where I think it's on Boone. And a lot of people have been questioning Boone for his decisions recently. And there, there have been a few that I... Have question as well, but anything else you have on Tanaka and Paxton? Because I, I mean, I just love what I saw out of them. It's just huge.
1: Yeah, there's really nothing else to say. Just the fact that we need them, and they showed out.
0: We needed them more than we needed our fucking next breath. Because when you have a guy like Cole, who you know he's gonna have it, I'm not worried about him whatsoever. But if you are, you, you again, you got to look to the playoffs this season. You got to field a three game team like what what are you going to do game one game two game three and now we have one two three like th- those three look good they look very good and then what do you have after that you got clark schmidt who i really think should come up and you obviously see that things are in motion with hap getting his start skipped which we'll get to that in a second but that looks great king i mean he's doing it just as good as you really expected i don't I, I mean, know what <laughs>
1: He looked terrible in game that yeah. second game of the doubleheader. He walked five guys in uh, how many innings did he pitch? Three?
0: Yeah, but my expectations aren't very high for him. I have way higher expectations for Schmidt, and I really think Schmidt can do it on a major league level. And you saw Kratz, did you see Kratz's comments? No, I didn't. I don't know what makes Kratz like the, the pitching wizard, but he said they're ready <laughs> to just they're ready to make it there's their stuff plays in the major league level. So Good. I mean, I don't know if his words mean anything, but I'm here for it. I want him to be the guy instead of king. And listen, why don't we have both? Just send Hap packing. I don't want Hap on this team at all. Please. And, you know, let's get into our personal awards because Hap is going to get my personal award. And that personal award I'm going to give away is the I need to get sent down award. And that goes to Jay hap Um, And maybe not sent down. Maybe just sent... Anywhere but here, I don't care where you go. Yeah, I, you just can't stay here. That's that's that, that's the awesome. award I'll give. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> care where you go, but you can't stay here. Award. That's for J-Hap.
1: Is that a closing timeline? It is a closing timeline. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, closing time.
1: Am I allowed to pick the same guy? Because I don't want him on the team. I don't want to see him on the field ever again.
0: Is that just just give it a different award? No,
1: it's just the same award. Yeah, I just don't. I want don't
0: care where ever. you go. But you can't stay here. J-Hap, that goes to you. It's closing time for sure you. picture of that. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFL Sunday Ticket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. To get 15% off your subscription, visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts just after 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up, on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use offer code BLUEWIRE or DealDash.FM slash BLUEWIRE. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash BLUEWIRE. Another award I want to give away is the Don't Let Me Get Hot Award. Do you have any guesses for who I'm going to give that to? I'm going to just let you go. Clint Frazier. Do um, not. Mm. Do not let Clint Frazier get hot. What are your, what are your expectations for Clint? Because Clint just got called up. I mean, it hasn't been officially announced, I don't think, by the time we're recording, but he's tweeting Woody from Toy Story, just, or no, <laughs> Buzz from Toy Story just popping out of a bunch of toys and He looks like he got some good news for sure. I don't think he's tweeting that because he got like a chicken parm dinner and that's his favorite meal or something, which I might tweet that if I have chicken parm tonight. But, you know, he definitely got some good news. But what are your expectations for him? Let's say he does come up in the next couple of days.
1: Um, At bat wise, I think he's going to come in really aggressive. He feels like he has something to prove. Um. I do slightly. Think. He's always
0: had that, though. Well, yeah,
1: but it might be a little too much.
0: What's different this time? Because it's a very big... Uh, like, we've seen this show before, and I don't want to get too hyped because I always get too hyped when Clint comes up because I have such high expectations for him. And he, like, he, he's basically the... He, he's another one of these, though. He's another one of... You know what they say. Fool me once. Strike one. I'm not gonna play the whole thing, but that—that's who—that's <laughs> who—that's who he is. He just always gets my hopes up, but I have such high expectations for him because he can actually, I think, do it. He has more of a ceiling of what he can do versus Gary, who like just time and time again looks like shit.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting, definitely, to see if he plays the field at at least his first couple games. Um, I think Boone likes having the outfield. Judge Hicks, Gardner, Talkman, interchangeable. I don't know if he'll put Frazier out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he finds a spot in the lineup too, because as of now, with Stanton out, I feel like Ford and Voight are just gonna interchange at DH and first. I don't really know how he's gonna play, but I've also never been the biggest Clint Frazier guy, so
0: so let's let's break this down. So before we get to Clint. We did, we did get to Clint for that award, but before we get to Clint, I will round out my awards and it kind of meshes between the, the point I'm about to make, the next conversation we'll get into, and this award goes to Giancarlo Stan, and it is the Not Easy to Defend Award, because I have been defending him night and day, to Yankees Twitter, to everybody. Giancarlo Stan is a year, two years removed from MVP, yada, yada, yada. He's not even that injury prone. He's played a lot of games in his career. (laughs) Everyday outfielder when he played Miami. Loaded outfield. Marcelo, Zuna, Yelich. The whole nine yards. I've said it. I've said it all. He is getting increasingly harder to defend now. Because he has just been... See, there's a difference between Judge and Stanton in terms of their injuries. Obviously, Sten is getting these muscle injuries and we thought that was going to go away because he lost 20 pounds or whatever. He's like, yeah, everyone gave the whole spiel of like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm not going to get hurt ever again. Two weeks later, you're hurt. So I've been like uh, what I was saying last time is like he missed a year. People have injured years. But now you're carrying this into you're mixing the two. You're mixing the peas with the mashed potatoes, and I don't like that. This season, 2020, it's, it, that's the peas because, you know, 2020 kind of stinks. So of the two, I like the mashed potatoes. But he was hurt for all of the mashed potatoes, and now he's mixing in the peas with the mashed potatoes. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of it, and it's getting very hard to defend, and you're giving these satin haters a lot of ammunition, and I don't know if I'm going to be out there with the shield defending the kid. I have been. I've been on the trenches, in the trenches, not on the trenches. I've been out there defending him, and I don't think I'm taking the bullet this time. I think I'm just going to let them eat him away and just take that energy, and I'm going to use it for Clinton. Because you know what? It is getting very hard to defend him.
1: I don't want to compare him to anything, but remember that guy, Troy Tulowitzki. I do remember that remember guy. Him? Yeah. He
0: was expensive. good for a long time. And then what yeah,
1: until he got hurt. And then he kept getting hurt. And then he came to the Yankees, hit a home run. And then
0: what do you do? Got he hurt. got hurt. Well, you know what? And I an other example, I saw on Twitter. Somebody made the connection to Jacoby Ellsbury. And I don't I don't I thought that was just outlandish. I thought it's like, how are you gonna make the com the connection was the games played for Ellsbury in Yankee uniform versus Stanton, and Stanton's played 200, and Ellsbury's played 530 something. And I was like, dude, Ellsbury was on the team for six years. Like, how are you, like, what kind of comment is that even? It was Kyle from Twitter, Kyler NYY. That was just stupid to me because, and he responded, he's like, yo, okay, if Stanton has more games played than uh, Ellsbury after 2023, then I'll buy your whole crew beers. But like, sure, like, whatever, like, that's just, it's just, to it make note, that was a dumb connection, like, I, I see where yeah. you're going with it, like, he's starting to be injury prone, but like, again, it's two years, and you're just basically predicting the absolute worst with Stanton, like, Ellsbury, his injuries were just, like, the absolute worst, nobody is like that in terms of injury proneness, because we didn't even know what injury he had, like, we didn't know what was going on with him, it was mainly, it was mainly, like, an insurance thing, remember, like, it was, like, oh, the Yankees can skip out on this, and then they actually ended up doing the whole thing where, oh, we don't have to pay him this, and then he's like, no, you do have to pay me this, and they had them through the whole thing, and it's like <laughs> whatever, but bad comparison. But you know what? It is getting hard to defend, and I'm not... That, that right there, what I said in Twitter, was the last time I'm going to defend him until he starts proving the haters wrong.
1: I highly doubt that, but okay.
0: I'm going to sit on the sidelines for this. This is his fight, not mine. We'll see. But you know what, though? We are getting something good out of that. And you know who's coming up from that? Clint. And Clint was going to start this season, had the season started on March 26th like it was supposed to. Clint Frazier starts. Clint Frazier has the opportunity to make an enormous impact. Still a young player. Everybody's like, oh, my God, he's so bad in the field. He's this, he's that. So were a lot of people for the first couple years of their career. They figure it out. Sometimes, look at Devers right now. I make this comparison a lot. Look at Devers right now. Devers could always hit, like Clint, and now he's making fantastic plays out there. I don't know what the numbers are saying for this year, but the eye test sure as fuck says that kid can play de- 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 defense. Defense, whatever. <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess today. But the eye test for sure shows that he can twirl it at third base, and he's just making fantastic play. After fantastic play. And that's a kid who was the worst in the league in errors in his first year. And you know what? He was getting everyday reps. He had the time. And people were letting him make the mistakes so he could get better from it. You don't get better from not making mistakes. You have to make the mistakes. And Clint was hurt for a lot of the time where he was making these mistakes. So are they really huge mistakes? Like He's, he's a big guy that gets in his own head. So everything we saw was just a ripple effect of the concussions and then him dealing with the aftermath of concussions and like oh is Clint really such a bad fielder and he's one who probably pays attention to twitter and everything so much and cares about what everyone has to say about him and freaks out and he's just a big in your own head guy mental midget but if you get there's a difference because if you get everyday time that kind of goes away or it becomes a lot smaller. You know, the, the the issue with one or two mistakes because those are masks when you make a couple of plays and Devers makes a diving play and you forget about the error for a little bit. Like, you know, and when you get hot, you get hot. You keep it you keep it rocking, you you know?
1: I, I get that, but it's just so unfortunate that he's on the Yankees. So unfortunate. There's nowhere to put him because yeah. we can agree Talkman's above him. Talkman's yeah. basically solidified his spot in on the MLB Yankees. Yeah. And his career is really just an unfortunate event. He starts on 80% of the outfields in the MLB.
0: If he got traded to Atlanta tomorrow, he starts. He bets five. Yeah. It's That's just crazy. Yeah, you're right. It's just <laughs> one unfortunate event after another. And then you see you see these tweets that he sends out and like he's excited. And then a week later. I mean, you're excited for him while it's happening, and then a week later, you know, Stanton has this miraculous comeback, and he comes onto the team, and then, uh, by Clint, and then you get the sad puppy dog interview, and it's just like, oh, like I, I thought I'd, I thought he did enough to stay on the team. I thought he'd get sent <laughs> down when Stanton comes back up, because that's when Talkman replaced him, and it's yeah. like I, I guess not, and it's just sad, and you hate to see it, but I mean, I will agree that there is no spot for him on this team and i think that's what they're going to do this year it's rumored rumor use that term lightly because it's kind of obvious that this is what the yankees are doing the yankees clearly don't really like him that much I, I think there's there are some people that they're they have like no trade clauses like they don't really don't want to trade they're untouchable like the devies the schmidts of the world jason dominguez Clint I don't think has been traded because he doesn't have value. So I think what this whole rest of the way, this three quarters of the season that Clint's going to be up for hopefully. If he's up, play him every day. Give him every at bat. Let him play, let him double down, let him be the star that he thinks he is that we probably, like oh, I like Clint. Give him the opportunity to show out. And that's not to take a starting job on the Yankees. That's just to raise the fuck out of his trade value. And then everything comes full circle. Maybe at the end of August, let's say he starts now. You get moving on August 10th. We play tomorrow, August 11th. Give Clint this, the starting job. Let him crack the lineup right away. I don't care about Gardner. This isn't the time to give Gardner those, oh. those last back-end reps. Like, whatever. I get, I get he's doing okay. But you know what would be better? If Clint does well, he raises his trade value, we trade him, and then you know what? Clint's not an option anymore. Then Gardner can play. You know? Get, Gardner give, still shouldn't play, but, Gardner still shouldn't play but if that's what they're worried about, then give Gardner your rest for two weeks. Let Clint just hopefully, if he does well, shoot his trade value. Don't make an error, Clint. These are the what to watch for us for Clint, or the checklist. The, what does what uh, Paul O'Neill have? It's the it's the view Uh, from the the basement, uh, or what is it? (laughs) What is it?
1: Yeah, it's it's like the scouting report, but he just got he's got fun names.
0: Yeah, so it's like the the checklist for Clint for the rest of the way. If in fact they do give him the opportunity, take advantage. Don't make errors, and don't be a dick. Those are the three things, and two of those have been the things that keep his trade value low. Like he's always been a dick in the locker room. He's a drama on social media and all this shit. Don't do that. Don't run into walls and hit the ball. Those are the three things that Clint needs to do to be happy. And you know what? This is maybe less of a baseball synopsis, more of like a, hey, Clint, want to be happy with your life? Do well in baseball and you could be happy on the San Diego Padres or something, that they, a random team yeah. that you will play on, and you'll be happy. Because he has no place here and no place for the foreseeable future. Talkman's got him beat. Hicks is on a long term deal. Judge is going to be here, hopefully, till he dies. Stanton is here pretty much till he dies, unless they yeah, trade that contract DHs. away. <laughs> they never. And another person like DM'd us asking what to do with the Stanton contract. There's nothing to do with the Stanton contract. Nobody wants that contract. First of all. Second of all, he's good. So like, let's not get rid of him. Let's, you know, get a few more games out of him if he does ever play again, because he's clearly made a fucking glass. But nobody wants that contract, and that just proves my point. The the whole outfield is so loaded. There's nowhere. There's nowhere to put Clint in the future. Clint would have been starting already for a couple of years now and a lot of other teams. You put him on the Cincinnati the Reds problem? today. He's a, he's been he's been in the league for three years already now. Yeah, he's got a house, white picket <laughs> fence in Cincinnati. You think Clint's happy in Scranton? I don't think so.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, he wants to be an MLB player. He's got the MLB talent. It's just again, he's on the Yankees with. Debatably, the deepest outfield in the league.
0: Our outfield's loaded, yeah, absolutely loaded. And then, I mean, it even mentioning Brett Gardner, who they just love. I don't want yeah. Gardner. I don't care oh. how how well Guardy plays. His ceiling is so high. It's so like not going anywhere for me. It's just like, come on, we like that. The whole reason why I don't want Guardy. Another reason, like I said, is we need to start clean. We This is the opportunity. To put Clint out there every day. I don't care if he's doing bad. Just give him the shot. This is the last hurrah. If he plays like shit, he plays like shit. Send him packing. You don't have to stay. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, sort of thing. Just like last hurrah. I've had enough of this. Let's see if he can do it. If he can't, go bowl or something. But like, just figure (laughs) it out. Let's see what you got, type thing, you know?
1: Yep. I couldn't
0: agree more. <sighs> this is just a, a frustrating episode. Coming off a frustrating series loss, and then having these frustrating debates for what to do with the Yankees, even though I have no say in the matter. It's just like, ah, it's like you just got fucking scream at your TV. Just like, come on, just start Clint Stanton, stop getting hurt, and Gary just fucking leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop doing that. You're a catcher. Catch the ball, Gary. Anyway. <sighs> Next. So, Garrett Cole, great pitcher. Great. Somebody wanted to make us mention the pine tar situation. What do you think about that?
1: I, I forget who said it. It was like a few years back, but they're in an MLB pitcher, and they were just basically saying, those MLB balls, I don't know if anyone's ever felt one. There are no seams on it. It feels terrible. Basically, he said, Every pitcher in the league that makes it to the majors, he doesn't care who you are. They have some sort of substance or some sort of technique to get tackiness on the ball. There, there's pitchers that have like obvious, like a white streak in their hat. And like Garrett Coles wasn't that obvious. Some guys put sunscreen on their arms. Like, I don't think it's Does a that big work? deal. I don't think anything's going to come out of it. Does the
0: sunscreen work? I, I don't know. I no, like think that'd be, be sittery
1: yeah i don't know maybe i mean wet pine tar is kind of slippery too it's weird but um, yeah i don't think anything's gonna come out of that i think that's just people trying to take down the yankees do you think it boys. was pine tar could have been anything i feel I like it, i feel like it
0: was it, it looked like it was his hand stuck yeah. to the brim of his hat but i mean i don't give a fuck people are gonna come for the yankees for anything This just add the only thing that bothers me is this just gives them ammunition and it's garrett cole so like now all the questions become like, oh, was he always doing this? Was the strikeouts just like a whole asterisk sort of thing? No, none it's of that. It's just not good ammunition. It's though. just not good ammunition because every pitcher does it too. Give, like, I mean, everybody. They just are good at hiding yeah. it. And honestly, Cole, kind of good at hiding it. Like That wasn't blatant. You look at other guys like Michael Pineda who literally have, <laughs> have sludge on their have neck. poop. Yeah. He has like a, just a poop stain on his neck, and that's, that's the pine tar. And it's so obvious. Like, that's just crazy to me. I but,
1: guarantee you if you like watch intently at other starting pitchers in the league, they all touched their brim before. They all got something.
0: Yeah, he, he was very routine about it. He did the whole like this, that, fixed the hair, or hair behind the ears, but then he used his little cap, and then he's like I got a little sticky, a little too sticky. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been perfect. <laughs> Maybe we need somebody in the dugout just letting him know, like, hey, listen, looks like there's pine tower in your hat. Maybe you want to switch hats. Just looking out. I'll be that guy. If he wants me to, I'll sit in the dugout. I'll be his pine tar guy. I don't give a fuck if you're cheating. I don't care. Just Yeah. I'll help you not get caught.
1: And maybe it, maybe it's like You're a, coming this from a bunch of thing. teammates
0: that aren't good at not getting caught, so maybe you need some direction in that.
1: It it might be a this year thing too, because I'm pretty sure guys aren't allowed to lick their fingers before they pitch anymore. So
0: Yeah, I haven't seen things. that. You know the, the whole wet rag thing? Yeah. I haven't seen that. I would use a wet rag for me. I was always a li- I was always a lick my fingers guy when I was pitching.
1: The uh rosin, that stuff's incredible.
0: Yeah, but it's not the same as pine tar. <laughs> pine tar is a crazy thing. Anyway. Let's get into rounding third. Okay. The weather's being way cold. Here comes the throw from Andrews. You're not good with that. I, I play the sound I effects. Whenever we switch segments, I play the sound effects, and you just jump the gun on me. Yeah, I, f- I forget. What's your rounding third? So for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, rounding third is basically just like an embrace debate sort of thing. Like they, Each of us are going to come with something that we're trying to prove. We make our case. The other person decides if we're safe or out, and that's that. So play the plate. What is your rounding third? Prove it to me go labor Torres is, is about to go on an
1: absolute tear
0: okay is that it that's all you're, no, uh, that's okay. all you're gonna say okay
1: no i i just For thought make you the were to say something back i, no, I, mean, I hope back. i hope so okay um his at-bats have been looking very good he's making better contact he's staying in at-bats longer looking at better pitches swinging at better pitches that's the first thing second of all last year Guys started going down left and right and Glaber just tweaked. Stanton goes down. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing he can only hit when Stanton's not in the lineup. We'll find out, but I guarantee you Glaber goes on a tear.
0: You think that's what it is? Stanton Stanton's not like a, in the lineup? It. It's probably
1: just a coincidence, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm all for it. I'm not gonna oppose you. I'm gonna say safe just because like I really fucking hope so. That was less of a debate, more of a just like, hey, here's what's going to happen. My debate is... It's a prediction. My rounding third is Gio Urshela is a top five first base. (laughs) It probably could be. I said first base. (laughs) He's a top five third baseman. Today is not my day. No. If anyone's listening to this point, God bless you. Because I have not been on my game today. (laughs) <laughs> I promise. It's 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 getting it's getting broken into. It's rattled me. <laughs> that, that's what it was. That guy rattled me. So anyway, Gio Urshela is a top five third baseman, and here's why. So a little known statistic called a WOBA, weighted on base average. It's basically the best determination of offensive value that a hitter can bring to the table. Our pal Gio, last year, twenty nineteen, he ranks eighth in WOBA amongst other third basemen. If you add in the WOBA from this year, which matters because, you know, we played baseball this year. It's up to date right now, and Gio is playing fantastic baseball right now. If you combine, I did a little math. This is a math pod. I'm turning it into a math pod. I added the two weighted on-base averages, and I weighted them 162 out of 120, whatever it was that... We played this year, so 162 out of like 182, and then 20 out of 182, and then I combine the two. When you include 2020 Woba, Geo bumps up to five, putting him within striking distance of this conversation. So here's why I think he's definitely a top five, because if he's five in Woba, you know, whatever, he's, he's five in an offensive category, which is exactly my point. If he's five in the best offensive statistic that is measuring your offensive value behind only Bregman, Rendon, Arenado, Mancada, behind them being Devers, Donaldson, Suarez, Bryant, Matt Chapman, if he's five on that list in offensive production, and you see what he brings with the glove, which he's definitely, I haven't looked at the metrics, but I don't even need to because I know he's one of the top-tier third basemen behind the likes of Arenado and Chapman you got to put him in that top five category because he's definitely not five in defensive statistics. And if he's five in offensive statistics from 2019 to now, top five third baseman, and nobody talks about it. He's not a fluke. Am I safe or out?
1: Close play. Why? I'm going to say safe.
0: a girl. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say safe. Why? Just- you honestly swayed me when when you said it at first. I was like, "Oh boy, Rella," there because I was I was naming like seven off the top of well, my I head. I got them that in front of me, better.
0: but I mean, yeah. look when you look at the. Tell me why. Tell me what well, I did right.
1: <laughs> at first, I was like, "Oh my god, I could think of so many third basemen that are just better than Gio." Then you brought in the what? Is it, what is it, the Woboba? Wobba. the, the Wobba? Yeah, Woba. Yeah, I mean, if he's ranking top or top five in strictly offensive categories, and then you take into effect that he's... Yeah, that doesn't even count in le- the defense. Yeah, that he's a legit vacuum cleaner at third base. Like, I got to agree. I He's probably exactly fifth. Yeah. Maybe. That's why it was a close play, but...
0: Yeah, I put I'm him there because too. obviously Chapman is going to get bumped up a little bit because of his defense is just unbelievable. But Chapman's in ten on the Woba ranking. And I get Woba isn't the only offensive statistic, but it's probably the best one. It takes into account everything it takes into, it weighs the individual outcomes that are potentially going to happen, like a single double triple home run and gives them an individual weight. And then it gives them, it it spits out basically a number that tells you if you're good or not. And these numbers are saying that Gio is pretty damn good. And, Nobody talks about it because I get it. Last year, people have one good year, and now we're into this year. Still, not a big sample size this year, but when you take 182 games and he's been the best player at third base or top five at third base offensively in the last year plus, like at what point do we say this isn't just like oh, he was good last year? To if he keeps this up, he should be like a household name, like you there's like you said. There are so many third basemen that you would think are ahead of him. But, like, at what point do we take him seriously? Because I'm taking him seriously. Like, I was the first to say before the season started that I, w- I thought maybe he was going to take a job. I wasn't sure with him. But, like, I'm, I'm to blame here, too. Like, I don't know at what point do you say, okay, he's in the conversation. Because there are names like Bregman, Rendon, Arenado, Moncada, Devers, Donaldson, Eugenio Suarez, Chris Bryant, Matt Chapman, Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado. Like the list, that's a, that's a pretty good list. There are a lot of great names at third base, but you don't think of Gio as one of those names ever. And you probably wouldn't have either if I didn't give you a little bit of backup here. But like he, he just seems to me like when will you ever get into that conversation? You know? Yeah. It, How many years does it I think, take?
1: I think if he finishes out this year batting over 300 again, uh, there's no reason he shouldn't be.
0: And you know what? Side note, we need more players like Gio. That's why I'm so high on Gio. This team, and I know it's one of the DMs, but I'll get into it right now. How do you feel about the living and dying by the home run mentality that the Yankees have been doing for the last couple, however long they have been doing it all the time? And you know what? I wasn't so annoyed with it. More recently I have been, and that's just how everybody's been because we're... Blank we get blanked when we don't hit a home run and then the next day we put up eight. I mean, I'm not so worried about it because we do hit a lot of home runs. We have a lot of players that do hit home runs. And some of our best players also hit for average, like Judge and DJ, but we need more players like Geo and DJ. Like they when like the comfort I have when they're up is just so nice. It's so refreshing. Like and that goes back to another point with DJ too. It's just like that situation where Boone pinch hits Judge in that spot with a man on third, probably should have pinch hit DJ no because DJ literally gets a, he gets a hit, gets a single at a 400 clip. If that's that, if that's a probability you're gonna get that run in, I'm gonna take it. Boone didn't take it. Boone took Judge, which can't really fault him so much because Judge is obviously Judge, but if you got a man on third. I know I'm jumping around from topic to topic, but a player like DJ, a player like what Gio's been, we need more of that. And I, and if that answers the question to how you're feeling about the living and dying by the home run, I think that means I'm kind of out on it. I, I mean, chicks dig the long ball for sure, but I don't know, dude, I'm digging the I'm more digging the singles. Like, I, I mean, if there's a runner on and you can get a single the other way, that's way more important to me. Like, if you can get that at a much higher rate, like obviously you got guys like Gary, and Gary's the perfect example of people that are pissing me off. And I don't think hitting a home run every 20th game is going to make up for all of the fucking 19 other games that you play like shit. Like that's me. That's why I've never been high on void either. I've made my point clear about how I really don't feel comfortable with Void at the plate. He's proven me wrong time and time again and he does hit well. He just strikes out a lot. But that's why I don't feel comfortable with it. And like that's why you love a guy like DJ because he always gets up and he always gets on. And then you got Judge who also hits well. He strikes out, but he has like a 280 batting average lifetime and he he gets on with the best of them. He doesn't have a 220 batting average. Like we need more contact hitters. Maybe that's another rounding third. I don't know. Do you think I'm safer out on that?
1: Um, It's weird because...
0: That's a good rounding third. Yeah, I, that's my rounding third. That's another one.
1: Because <laughs> I, I feel like like where we're at, like, yeah, we're fine. I just... I think more of an issue, not the home run thing. Well, I guess it kind of related. We just strike out too much. It's like you put the ball in play and things happen. And a lot of times we don't put the ball in play and it it doesn't allow for guys to move over. So I guess I'm saying the same thing. We do live and die by the long ball and it's, it is getting frustrating.
0: It's definitely getting frustrating for me and it just could, I don't know. There's no solution because a lot of these players on our team are slated for the foreseeable future, so I don't see it changing anytime. So the person who's asking, like, are you pissed about the long ball situation? Like, the majority of players on our team are locked up for a little while. Judge is going to be on the team for a long time. He's not as much deliver die by the long ball because he does everything, but not as much Judge. We got Gary, you got Hicks, who's never been a high average hitter. He's like a career two thirty, two forty hitter, but he walks a lot. He hits the long ball. I don't know. you got a lot of guys like Mike Ford, who is a big long ball hitter. Luke Voigt, big long ball hitter. A lot of strikeouts. Just the whole team as a whole is going to strike out, but they're going to hit home runs. And we nearly led the league in home runs last year. We just got legged out by the Twins, and we just broke our own home run record from like the year prior. So this team hits home runs, and they're in third in home runs again. Shocker that we're in the home run conversation, it's just how the team plays. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. So I I don't see a reason to get too mad about it because don't get mad about what you can't fix. Like it's going to be the case for pretty long time. So, you know, that's how I see it. Yeah.
1: I mean, for the most part, it's working. I understand we haven't been to a world series in 10 years, but it's not like we're, it's not like we're not making the playoffs every year.
0: Yeah. All right, you want to get into DMs? Sure. It goes down in the field. It goes you were good that time. You didn't cut me off that time. All right. First DM comes from Cam Cisco, Sisko. S-I-C-O. I said Cisco. That's not his name. Cam. So Cam coming to us with, what are the odds the Yankees keep Frazier up even after Stanton... Coming back from the IL, could he compete with Talkman, Hicks, Guardy for an outfield spot, or even compete against Voight for the DH spot? What are your thoughts, Jake? You're shaking your head. Why not?
1: No. Um, Talkman basically solidified himself as our third, fourth outfielder. Brett Gardner is not getting sent down. Hicks is not getting sent down. And I just don't see Frazier being our everyday DH once Stanton comes back. We still have Ford in competition for the DH. I Clint literally has to bat a thousand for two weeks and hit 27 home runs for him to stay up.
0: See, with this question, I do <coughs> I actually am gonna take the opposite, Jake. I'm gonna say he does stay. And you know why? Because if he isn't like I said before, this is the season to let him ride, let him just play as much as he possibly can. Let's say while Stanton's on the I.L. Hanging him up. I mean, who says Stanton even comes back? Because, it's, I mean, this guy. It's hard, like I said, hard to defend him a Ward. But if Stanton does come back, I don't know. I don't know. I think Clint is like the, just the. While Stanton's gone, Clint's going to be playing the outfield. He's going to be playing D.H. Let's say he plays the outfield and he still can't play defense. Right? Is he not the stereotypical DH? I know like I say it all the time. We have a very loaded DH spot. It's very crowded. A lot of heads that need to move into there. But like, why isn't he like one of the number one DHs? I would put him over guys like. I don't know who I'd put him over. I feel like would you put him over four? Let's make it, Let's make a hierarchy for the DH. It, let's say everybody's healthy. Let's say Stanton's back. One through five, your DHS go.
1: Stanton, Ford or Voight, depending on who's playing first that day. Can I put them both there or just one?
0: Sure, you can put them all there.
1: Okay. Well, both of them and then probably, yeah, I only got four. Do we have five DHS?
0: I would put him... A little higher than that. I don't know. I would I, I prefer I him because I would like Vo- Ford and Voigt to be playing first and maybe give them an off day when they don't when they don't play first. So, like, you get their bats in the lineup because if Clint's defense doesn't improve, he's not going to be playing the outfield, Ford and Voigt have that luxury to play and get their bat in the lineup through playing a position. Clint, if he plays poorly defensively, does not have that luxury. So... Let's say that does happen. I say I bump him up in the DH spot, and I've been a big proponent of putting Stanton in the outfield. But clearly, that has aged poorly. I, he got injured being a DH, so that has now. I'm going to rest that one again. I've been horrible with my my predictions. <laughs> I've been sa- I've been saying, "Oh yeah, Stanton should go out there," and then he gets fucking hurt. So I should start saying like, Hap is going to be a Cy Young pitcher," just so he just finally gets sent down. <laughs> <laughs> just like everything I say, the opposite happens. So haps a Cy Young pitcher, haps a Cy Young pitcher, haps a Cy Young pitcher. Just checking Twitter to see if he sent gets. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I just think, I the think, question, you know what I mean? I think he should get, I think he stays up because he, he's more of a like regular DH.
1: But so if he stays up, so if Stanton comes back, that's one more spot. So we, ha- we would have to send someone down. Yeah, so you would you would send down a pitcher to keep in our fifth DH.
0: See, hap 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 is barely a pitcher. Yeah,
1: you're right. I think there's more
0: value. Get bring a DH who brings value versus a pitcher who just runs up the scoreboard for the other team.
1: But then you're saying we keep Clint in the MLB as opposed, like, say we send down hap. You're keeping Clint in the MLB instead of calling up Clark Schmidt.
0: Now we're talking.
1: But that's what I'm saying. There's there's no spot for Clint.
0: You're right. I, I would bring Clark Schmidt up for sure.
1: And he would be above – he's more of a need than it is to roster a third or fourth DH.
0: And you know what? Since our pitching has been more of the issue, obviously we got blanked once, but pitching has been more of the issue. So can never ever go wrong with more pitching. I just don't want one of those pitchers to be Hap. So Hap getting sent down wouldn't help out Clint. So, yep, you, you – you're safe. Well, I know we're not still, still in rounding third, but you're <laughs> safe on that one. Next DM comes to us from Thomas Sinertia, the boy. So he's got a little bit of a long one. He said, would you guys rather have on your team for their career? Who would you rather have, have on the team for their career? Wow, I really can't fucking speak to that. Judge, who clearly has the potential to be the best player in baseball when healthy but can't seem to completely stay healthy, or Bernie Williams, career 297 hitter, averaged 130 games over 16 seasons, didn't hit below 307 from 95 to 2002, hit 305 in 96, but you get my point. (laughs) Over 2,300 hits, 4 gold gloves, only struck out over 100 times once in his career. What do you think, Jake? Wow, that is I didn't think about it. That's a good question.
1: Yeah, that is not where I thought the question was going. I thought it was going to be like Judge or Glaber. Yeah. Um,
0: No, I had no idea where the question was going either when I started reading that too. (laughs)
1: <laughs> damn good question but
0: it's a good honestly it's way more any other pairing i'd probably say judge like for sure undoubtedly i'm not saying that i am not picking judge but it's a legitimate concern and it kind of goes into what we were saying before with we kind of want to swap out the strikeout hitters with the guys like djs and geos yeah. so what do you think
1: i i feel like i'd have i definitely have to look at the stats i'd have to see like the the OPS and on-base percentage, but I'm taking Judge. I think he has... I don't think he reached his ceiling yet. I also think he is gold glove caliber. He's got a cannon, too. Um, I almost guarantee his slugging percentage was higher than Bernie's. Can't really confirm that, but... I don't know. I, I don't know I what think,
0: pulled up. I'm just reading off the stats that he sent to us.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Judge is... Definitely, he does have like top five MLB player capabilities, and I don't think he's there yet.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. The big thing is the injuries too. Obviously, he can't stay on the field, but like we said, there's a difference between Stanton and him. So yeah. staying on the field is due to cracking a rib because he's diving after a ball or getting hit by a pitch in the wrist. And I'm he's, not. He still played, uh, and he still played, and I'm not as worried about that. So I'm not going to use that as a, as a tick on Judge to. Pick Bernie. I mean, hey, Bernie can't go wrong with Bernie. I mean, those stats you just heard and what we've seen from Bernie just growing up a Yankees fan. I mean, Bernie's Bernie. He's just very good, consistent player. But you always want that guy. He ne- he was Bernie was never going to be the guy to like fuck around and win an MVP every. Like, he's never he's not the MVP whenever he's up. Like he's always a potential threat to win MVP every single year, as much as Judge is at least. Not shitting on Bernie, but. I'll take the guy who's a perennial MVP candidate every single year that he's healthy, especially considering the health is not as big of an issue as a lot of people make it out to be when it's not as bad as Stanton, who is clearly injury prone, where Judge is just making plays for his team and he's breaking bones. Breaking bones, I mean, what are you gonna tell him to drink more milk? <laughs> no. He just it just happens. They're freak injuries. So I'm gonna go with Judge. But yeah. So I think that'll wrap up this episode. This is a little bit of a longer one because we couldn't really speak. I couldn't really speak. Jake was doing fine, but (laughs) I got broken into. Give me a break. And going went
1: off on Gary for about 40 minutes.
0: We talked about this is a big (laughs) shit on Gary episode. Big shit on Gary. Big can't defend Stanton anymore. Big Tanaka. I like you. Big
1: Paxton. I also
0: like you. Paxton. I like you too. Rays. Fuck you. Panic meter, not high. Cole used pine tar, who cares? <laughs> that was basically our summary of what the episode was. If you don't want to listen to the, like the full hour 20 that we just did, just like skip all the way to the end and just listen to what I just said. That's what we
1: you just You were at the end of the podcast. How I'll, put the the I'll put it at the beginning. I'll put
0: this at the beginning right. so it can forewarn them that there's a lot of nonsense that's going to be said for an hour and a half, which pe- some people like. I like nonsense. I like conversations. I like conversations. I would have liked a conversation with somebody here when I was getting broken into, but, you know, (laughs) I don't have any friends that live with me. So, you know, whatever. That'll do it from me. You have anything else to say? Any last words, Jake? Uh, You're not dying. Let's go Yanks. (laughs) Peace. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Horry to see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in the series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up to date sports remember use promo code blue wire to receive your welcome bonus that's promo code blue wire bet online your online wagering experts